Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. My name is Tony Flynn. I'll be your host for this week and with me is Phil Leisder. How are you, Phil? Good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. So today's topic, it's going to be a difficult one to, uh, I suppose, cover off on in 20 to 30 minutes but uh, because there is so much to it. Yes. But uh, just broadly speaking, we're going to be talking about retaining staff slash staff retention mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, many factors that go into that, little tips and tricks um, to increase your staff retention um, and, yeah, just everything that we can, uh, can we, I suppose, summarise in such a short period of time. But yeah. uh, I suppose first and foremost for you know, most people realise that staff retention is is uh, you know important for the for the obvious reason of um, the the cost of not getting it right. Yeah, um, losing staff consistently, um, having to rehire. You've got uh, job ads, recruiters' times, outsourced recruitment fees, training, the lack of productivity you get out of a new employee. There's so many, I suppose, obvious and hidden costs. To, uh, to getting your retention wrong. Mm. Um, and so you want to obviously employ people that are the highest caliber candidates you can find and then keep them happy for as long as you possibly can. Yeah. So um, that's, I suppose, the key points to staff retention um, and and why it's important. But I suppose to, to start the conversation, we need to understand, well, what is good staff retention, what is bad? Mm. And the only way you can really cover that off on is, uh, is by understanding what the average job tenure is. Um, people within uh, within Australia yeah. um, and find out whether, you know, your averages as a company, do they sit above or below that? Yeah. Um, and then you'll know whether you need, uh, you know, a lot of help or a little help or if you're doing a good job. So yeah. um, we've talked about in other episodes, but uh, there was a Department of Employment uh, survey in 2019. So it is as relevant as we can get um, for this topic, but it, it goes through and basically explains the average uh, tenure for each uh, each age bracket uh, within Australia. So, um, I suppose unsurprisingly, the younger they are, the uh, the less they stick around. Um, and as you get older, the longer the average tenure is. But yeah. uh, as uh, the under twenty five categories, the average job tenure was one year and eight months. Yeah, um, twenty five to thirty five year olds, it was two years to eight months. Two years and eight months, I should say. Um, 35 to 44 year olds was, uh, four years and 45 plus was six years and eight months. Yeah. Um, so uh, as we discussed in other episodes, it's clearly that, uh, you know, that 45 plus one, that's just, a a different era, a different demographic of people where, you Correct. know, loyalty was seen to be, uh, you know, just how long did you stick around with your current employer? Yeah. Um, and, and people were comfortable. Whereas now I think a lot of the modern generation, it's all about learning new skills, um, you know, it's that, uh, that whole generation of instant gratification. It's, I want to be learning. I want to be continually getting better. If I'm not feeling like I'm moving forward, then I don't want to stick around. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I suppose you have to understand first and foremost, what the averages are, find out where your staff sit in that age bracket and yeah. then, uh, determine whether or not you're performing well yeah, or correct. if you're not, like if you're churning people out every 12 months, then it's, that's obvious, you know, you've got a problem. 
But uh, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of companies will have, you know, staff leaving every three years and think that they've got a serious retention problem. But uh, you look at that and it's actually around the industry average. Pretty much average. It's not too bad. So it's it's not great. Obviously, you want, you know, you can always do better, but you're probably not going as bad as what you think. That's right. Um, But there's always room to improve. And and I suppose with all those age categories put together, the average tenure was three years and four months in last year's survey. So yeah. Uh, it's probably a lot lower than most people uh, recognise. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. We I think we need to adjust our um, and we've talked about this before, but yeah. just our expectations of yeah. you know, what a loyal employee looks like. Exactly right. And, and I suppose with that background information, you can go into this conversation thinking, well, you know, my goal is to get every employee or as many employees as possible up to a five year average. Um, yeah. You know, you, now that you know what the average is, you know, well, you know, five years is almost two years greater than the average across Australia. So let's get everyone to five years. Yeah. Um, so that should be your goal moving into this. Obviously it depends if you've got an average tenure of one year, well then you've got some serious, uh, serious improvement to be made and you might just want to get to the actual average of three years, four months. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're already close there, well then let's try and stretch that out and get better. That's right. Um, but I suppose uh, first and foremost, the most important uh, or obvious thing that's discussed when talking about retaining staff is uh, is a company's culture. It's a word that's probably been overused, I think, over the last five to ten years. I think mm-hmm. culture became really prominent about ten years ago. Yeah. Um, but what, uh, I suppose to you, Phil, what does culture mean? I know every company <laughs> has a yeah. different version of culture, um, but what does it mean to you? Um, I think, look, culture is is actually really tough to um, define in the workplace. Um, to me personally, it's the feel of how work gets done there on a day-to-day basis. Yep. That's what it is to me. To me, it's about um, what's our culture around working, essentially. Um, you know, are we all people who, you know, is, is this a culture where everyone is just expected to work 12 hours a day and you're meant to work yeah. a few hours on the weekend and, um, you know, you, you don't expect to get paid for that. Yeah. Or do we have a culture of, well, if you want me to do anything more than the bare minimum, you're going to have to pay me. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it extends to different areas as well. You know, do we have a culture of, um, team spirit, you know, do, do when there's a problem, um, does the team go, all right, let's sit, let's get together and think about what we can, what we can do here. Yeah. Or does the team go, all right, well, I reckon I have got a good idea and everyone else is a bit, how are you going? So, yeah. um, I, I might just go to the manager and take on, take, take on it myself. So, um, to me personally, um, culture is about how you operate on a day-to-day basis in the business. Yeah. And I think that's a key point is, uh, because the word was so overused and I think it became like a, a, a a catch word for so many different things. Yeah. There's so many companies out there. We're lucky in the dealership industries. We're not really susceptible to this, but there's a lot of, you know, IT marketing, kind of those hip young yeah. tech companies. Um, they, I suppose, misinterpret the word culture for a ping pong table. A pool table and a ping pong <laughs> table is not culture. No. It's just a pool table and a ping pong table. Exactly. Your, your company or your staff can feel just as depressed working for you or just as little or, or not not listened to yeah. um, You know, after their game of ping pong at lunch. Yeah, it might be fun and it probably is. I'm not going to doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it probably is really fun to do that at lunch. Um, but if you don't like what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you probably like the reality is you're probably not going to stick around because you don't like what you're doing for the remaining seven hours in the day. Yeah, exactly. So the point there is that culture is far bigger than just 
the you know the perks or the the fun little things that you might see companies doing culture goes far deeper than that it's about how people as phil said it's how people feel day to day in their job mm. um how it impacts you know how does that working environment impact their ability to perform their job yeah um is it a culture of uh, lifting people up and, and increasing performance or is it a culture of dragging people down that's really the key, key yeah. point there um but the first tip around culture because there is no uh there's no single way to do this or get it right but you need to have somebody that makes it uh, their job to mm. keep the leaders of the business accountable yeah it's really easy for the owners or the dp or whatever to set a standard and say right this is the standard um, and have everyone to buy into that but if your leaders on a day-to-day whether it's your service manager parts manager sales managers these types of leaders yeah. that are doing that day-to-day person management if they're not following you know, that standard that's being set or agreed to mm-hmm. um, at a company-wide level, well, yeah. then your standards aren't going to be there yeah. and, you know, your culture's going to fall away to the wayside really quickly. Correct. Like you might have a, a great parts manager, a great sales manager, but your service department might have a horrific culture compared to the Correct. rest of the, the company. Um, so you need to have that one person that's responsible for making sure everything is ticking along and everyone's buying into that and all the yeah. leaders are accountable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you need people to buy into it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not enough to just say, all right, so this is this new person. They're going to be the people and culture manager and they're going to do people and culture things. Yeah. You really need them to be respected and you need to, you need all the department heads to buy into it. If you don't, then that people and culture manager is going to have a very, very difficult job. Um, mm. trying to get everyone to embrace whatever it is you're, you're trying to do through your values and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And we understand most dealerships don't have room in the budget um, to have a sole person responsible for that, you know, a people and culture manager as we've seen yeah. in other industries. Yeah. But you, you can give that title to someone, um, you know, and run two separate titles for them. It might not be their official title, but, you know, at least everyone within the business knows that, you know, all things people and culture, it's their responsibility. So the buck stops with them. They make sure the leaders are accountable. They're Correct. holding meetings to make sure, you know, the the business goals are being upheld throughout, throughout the year or, you know, company the, the departments are working in unison with each other. Um, you know, there's a lot of communication issues between service and parts departments historically. So that person would be, I suppose, the, the pivot point throughout the business to make sure that it's all ticking along and working smoothly. So, yeah, um, yeah, easy place to start is just making someone responsible for that um, to lead the way and, and set the standard. Um, the, the second thing that comes straight after culture is communication. Yeah. Um, I think the easiest way to lose staff members is to just not talk to them and not communicate <laughs> with them. Um, it is, I suppose, been a really big shift you go back 20, 30, 40 years, there's that mentality of, you know, like we're the owners, we're the boss. We're not going to disclose any of inf- if this information to our employees. It's not for them to know. And they're just left in the dark. And it was at a time where, you know, there weren't many jobs on offer. So yeah. you just kind of stuck to it. And, you know, we see here it's, you know, people generationally speaking would stick around for seven, eight, nine Correct. years. So you get away with it. Yeah. Now, if you've got turnover averaging, you know, one to three years for younger people, mm. you need to communicate to them because if they, you know, they're left in the dark, they don't feel like they know the company's vision, they're not, uh, you know, they're not buying into where the business is going, well, they're mm. just going to leave and go elsewhere. If they'll, you know, if no one's talking to them, they don't know if they're doing a good job, well, they're going to yeah. go, well, I'm going to leave. Like, Correct. I don't know what's going on. A good example, my, um, my brother-in-law is actually uh, just recently started an apprenticeship with a, a dealer, I won't name who, and um, he's about four months in from memory. And he, I caught up with him on the weekend and he was talking and 
he was really unsure with how it was all going. Um, yeah. You know, not too sure, you know, how's it going? Yeah, oh, you know, I'm enjoying it, but I don't know if they're, you know, they're happy with me. I haven't got any feedback. I haven't really heard yeah. anything. Um, so, yeah, well, I encouraged him to give them a call and, and just say, you know, look, let me know. Like outside of I was just something really casual, just ask your manager, you know, how do you think I'm going? Yeah. He um he gave him a call, I think, that afternoon uh, on Sunday and, uh, yeah, yeah, you're going really well. We're really happy with you. Couldn't be happier, et cetera. <laughs> and so he's gone into work on Monday just thinking, oh, you beauty, this is yeah, awesome. this is awesome. So, <laughs> um, you know, his attitude and everything's just lifted through the roof, whereas yeah, yeah. otherwise if he was kept in the dark, there's every chance he could jump on Seek and start looking elsewhere. Exactly, and, and it's easy once you're on Seek and you've, yeah, you've found something right. that, um, you know, looks half decent and um, you get that feeling from a new employer potentially, mm. that, you know, where you're feeling like, oh, yeah, I think, I think they're appreciating me more, then you're gone. Yeah, That's it. exactly. So um, I suppose a, a couple of tips that we've got around communication, which I'm sure as a whole the dealership industry is far behind uh, other industries on, is uh, I suppose instant messaging and online yeah. communication yeah. boards. So there's different uh, programs you can use, Microsoft Teams, Slack. Yeah. They're probably the two most uh, famous ones. There's even Facebook for Business if you want a cheap uh, solution that doesn't cost any money. Um, but basically all these are instant instant messaging boards like what most people use anyway through Facebook Messenger and, yeah. and WhatsApp and those types of things. But set up for a company, um, you can have different teams, I suppose, within uh, the actual uh, the platform itself. So you can have parts department, service department, sales department, senior managers, yeah. that kind of thing. And it just provides a platform for people to communicate with each other really quickly and simply. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest benefit we saw at a, a previous role of mine when we brought in something like this was it pulled so much of the crap, so to speak, that was in emails yeah. away because that all went into instant messaging and you Correct. can set your notifications around it. So you're not, you know, wasting your time or whatever, mm. but it pulled a lot of rubbish out of internal communication in emails. And so I know a lot of staff were growing angry because people weren't responding to emails. We pulled all that away from emails and suddenly communication improved because it was in That's instant right. messaging. It was a format that people know you have to respond to quickly. quickly yeah. Um, and actually, you know, you can see if people have read it, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it improved culture significantly because we had so many issues where people were just, you know, sending emails and never hearing back. Yeah. Because there was so much junk yeah. in there. So it cleans yeah. that up massively. Yeah, it works really well for any type of service industry. So whether that's a recruitment company or a car dealership or a truck dealership, um, the idea is to really take all internal communications and move it away from emails so that when you open your emails, you know, a lot of it is going to be client-focused. Mm. Um, a lot of it's going to be external people emailing you. Um, it gives a nice breakup. And it makes sure that internally, when you're at work within your business, everyone communicates really, really quickly. Yeah, exactly. And it opens up so many different channels of communication. Like if you've got, uh, I suppose, a parts department channel going and, you know, someone comes in and they've got an inquiry from someone and someone else is busy, you can punch out a message in that pretty quickly and say, you know, yep. I've got this client of yours that's in here, they're looking for this, what do you usually do? And, you know, because it's in writing, it's being consistent, everyone can see it, people will pick up things that aren't necessarily pertaining to them at the time. And then mm. in the future, when it does come become an issue for them, they've seen it, they understand it, they know. That's right. right this is what the client likes. I'll, uh, I'll, I've seen this before. I've seen Phil and Rowan messaging about it. I know exactly what to do. So um, Correct. It, it, it improves on so many levels. Um, That's right. The, the next one is KPIs, key performance indicators and incentivizing. Yeah. Um, 
it's a thing that is probably not as common in the dealership industry as what it should be. There's some dealers that do it really well, particularly around the service department. Yeah. And sales targets are obvious ones for yep. salesmen and yep. uh, and parts yep. interpreters. But uh, as a whole, they should really be in place for just about every single role. Yeah. Um, not necessarily always incentivizing around them. Sometimes companies just can't afford to, but at the very least you need KPIs in place so people know, you know, Am I performing well? Am I performing poorly? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. need a yeah. Uh, it's a good it's a good way of, <laughs> of of getting some self indication. You know, I'm on track. This is what I'm. Uh, you know, th- these are the numbers I should be hitting, and uh, you know, I'm actually hitting way, way above that, or you know, I'm sort of close to it, but not quite there. Maybe I should talk to my manager about it. Um, KPIs I always find have a bit of a negative connotation yeah, to them. You know, definitely. it's like, all right. I don't hit these numbers, I'm fired. Yeah. And I think that was largely because when they first came in, that was the kind of thought process behind them. It was, yeah. you know, 10 or so years ago, they came in pretty commonplace as a way to, well, if people don't reach these KPIs, that's your ticket to fire them. Yeah. Um, whereas now I think we need to spin that conversation and go, well, actually, no, KPIs are going to be used as a way to incentivize you and to motivate you. And yeah. if you hit these targets, then we're going to give you more money because we've made more money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And do it, you know, try and create KPIs around um, what that employee can actually control. Mm. You know, um, I, I know a lot of recruitment companies do this where they say, you've got to be on the phone to a client for X minutes a day. Mm. They can't control that. Like if, if the conversation's at, the, at an end after two minutes and you're meant to be on the phone in total for 60 minutes to clients mm. throughout that day, then you're just dragging out conversations that don't need to be dragged out. And you're actually, yeah. yeah, just for the sake of you hitting your numbers. Yeah. Um, I've even heard of stuff like, you know, you've got to be on the phone six out of eight hours a day or something like that. Yeah. And so the way they track that is by looking at tel- the, the phone bills essentially from yeah. the telecom. And um, I've heard stories of people who said, oh, I just call Telstra and just stay on hold. Yeah. So, you know, it looks like I'm doing something yeah. on the phone bill at the end of the month, uh, but I'm not actually doing it. Yeah, exactly. So your KPI needs to be around what's actually going to bring a return for the business yeah. and what's going to motivate them. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to be, KPIs need to be far more about the carrot than the stick. Yeah. As soon as it's about the stick, that's when you're going to have that negative connotation around it. Um, so, and I suppose the other big thing with KPIs, they need to be achievable. Yeah. I hear all the time parts interpreters tell me that, um, you know, they had all these KPIs and sales targets, but no one ever in the history of the business reached them. Hit them, yeah. Or, you know, one person may have reached them five years ago, but no yeah. one's ever reached it since. Yeah. So yeah. if they're not actually achievable and people aren't regularly achieving them, then they're not going to motivate anyone no, because people are just going into it being like, oh, another month of an impossible target. Yeah, not just that, but then you're constantly feeling like you're failing. Yeah. You constantly feel like you're just doing the wrong thing and you're like, oh, okay, I'll probably got to get fired because you know, I'm not going to hit those numbers, um, you know. So, And sometimes I feel like, you know, People set those targets because they say they sort of want to be like, oh, okay, well, we've set targets for you. You'll get money if you hit them. Yeah. No one's ever hit them before, but, you know, if you do, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing full well, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 in that situation, having them is doing more damage than uh, if you oh, didn't yeah. have them at all because oh, yeah. it's just saying, well, you know what, this company is so out of touch, they have no idea of what's actually achievable. Yeah. So, you know, when you're sitting down, you're setting your KPIs as a starting point, you need to actually do research for three to six months and find out what the average is Yeah. without anything, uh, you know, without actually knowing or without the staff knowing that they're being, uh, you know, essentially used as um, 
guinea pigs at the time, for mm. a better word. It needs to just be, right, without them knowing, we're going to go through, we're going to find out, you know, how many ROs this service advisors or these service advisors are getting through a day, what's, you know, what's achievable, what's not. Yeah. Um, and then set KPIs around that. Yeah. Once yeah. you know what's looking good and what's not. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people before in the, uh, who've, you know, they applied for a job. I talked them through the job. I'm like, look, salary is 100K plus bonuses. You know, you know, the bonuses are probably about 10 to 15% uh, of your base salary if you hit your KPIs. And they go, oh, all right. So it's 100K. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that before. And it's like, oh, what do you mean? And they always have some story about how, yeah, look, I took a role. It was lower in salary, but they said the incentives would be really, really good. And no one ever hit them. So, yeah. you know, you essentially just took a 40% pay cut or whatever. Like it, it, it definitely happens. Oh, a hundred percent. So yeah, they, they have to be achievable and you have to be willing to actually fork out the money for when they do it. So in, yeah. you have to make sure they're tailored in a way that uh, you're happy to give out that money because they have gone above and beyond and, yeah. uh, you know, and brought in more than what you'd ordinarily expect. Um, but another key point that's always overlooked in most, uh, not just dealerships, but companies as a whole when it comes to staff retention is internal promoting. Yeah. Um, if you have a culture of every time you have a position come up, in a, in a management position of just outsourcing and looking elsewhere, mm. then that's going to set a culture for anyone else left in the business of well, what is the point of sticking around and striving here because I'm never going to get promoted. Correct. If you create this culture of, you know, the last parts manager, the last service manager, the last sales manager, all were internal promotions from those departments, well, that sets a standard for all those remaining parts, interpreters, service advisors, techs, whatever yeah. it is, to go, right, if I knuckle down – and I hit these targets and I consistently perform well, well, I'm, I'm going to be the next in line. line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is the reason why if you ever see on Seek or any other job board for that matter where anyone advertises a job and they say, you know, why the role is it being advertised and it has that little line in there of due to an internal promotion, yeah. that's a big tick yep. for so many people because they go, uh-huh, all right, so they clearly promote internally and they're clearly happy to invest in their staff and if I work hard and if I put in the hours, I will get the reward out of it, not just financially, not just, you know, get a you know, 5% pay rise every few years, but I'm actually going to progress in my career. Yeah. And you're going to get more people apply who genuinely want to be there for the long run. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing. Like you might have an employee that has the best attitude and just no matter what task you've given them, they've just over the last few years, they've just run with it, they've yeah. kicked goals. They are just consistently a high performer yeah. and a role comes up and it might be a little bit left field for them and you think you know, they probably don't have the technical knowledge or they don't have this particular thing that we'd like, but boy, their attitude is great. Yeah. Give them a go. Yeah. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. You can shift them back into their old position or another position, but attitude is 90% of the battle. Yeah. And if you've got someone internally that has runs on the board and they've done well, look for a reason, to, look for a way to promote them. Yeah. Um, you know, it will create such a good culture within the business. And you know, regardless, if you, as long as they've got the support there, yeah. they'll be able to pick it up. Yeah. And with the attitude and everything that they've got and they've proven, then you know, you're not taking a risk for bringing someone out from in. You know, not, from, just, not just that, but you know, you've got to keep in mind, if they're wanting to take a step up and you're not offering them that step up, yeah. someone else will. Exactly. And then they're gone. Then you've definitely lost them. Yeah, well, uh, I was just going to summarise on all that. We... Um, doing a bit of research for this episode beforehand, we mm, came across yeah. a, a report uh, from 2019 again from the Australian Business Insider. And uh, they were interviewing, uh, I think it was about a thousand people about, uh, you know, the reason that they would quit their job. Yeah. Uh, and just putting together a list of the, the top five to 10 reasons. 
And uh, I suppose maybe surprising to a lot of people that number two on the list was a lack of career progression, yep. career growth. Um, and obviously number one was lower pay. So, um, yeah, it's definitely in the forefront of so many people's minds now, particularly the younger generation. Um, they want to learn, they want to develop, they yep. want to keep moving forward. So For sure. it's a huge one. So Yeah, and if you can offer them that path, you need to, you know, to to, to keep them. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose the last key point to, uh, to staff retention is performance management. Um, gone are the days, if you're listening to this and you perform a, a yearly performance review and that's the only kind of management that you have with your employees, then uh, you're severely outdated. It's, uh, it, yeah, very much in the past. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, <clears throat> there was a time where you'd barely talk to your staff, you'd perform one review once a year that's and it. then go, right, I'll, Here's your letter. I'll talk to you next year. <laughs> and that was it. Whereas now it's moved, you know, with communication levels and everything, the, the expectations for the younger generations, you know, instant gratification. These are people that have only ever grown up with the internet. So they're used to getting things whenever they want to. And there's a lot of negative connotations towards that. But in the workplace, you know, scenario, that means that when they want feedback now. They don't want to wait yeah. nine months. And no. as an employee, you don't want to wait nine months because no. by then the damage is done. You want to hit the nail on the head. So um, what you want to do is perform, you know, monthly one-on-one chats with them. Um, so yeah, that's where you sit down with them and you go through every month at a particular time, um, go through their performance, how you've perceived their performance, um, the impact on the business and, and you know, steps from here of how they can improve, put together a plan of how they can move forward and then keep moving forward from there and constantly communicate with them throughout the month. You know, you're not just giving them that month and going, right, see you next month. Yeah. Checking in with them constantly. How are you going? How are you finding him? What are you struggling with? How can we help you? That's right. Um, That sort of thing. And, And, you know, most good employees will thrive because they like the appraisal. Mm. But the, uh, the hidden gem to this is that bad employees will generally quit uh, without the need to fire them and, you know, open yourselves up to legal issues um, because they don't like the attention and spotlight on them. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're going to that monthly review every month and it's just negative. Correct. They're going to go, uh, I probably should just move on from here. Yeah. yeah. Go, I can't hide here very well. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've, uh, there's a webinar that we've put together already with, uh, with a whole bunch of information around this in a lot more detail. Um, if you are interested in that, just do reach out with our contact details below um, in the show notes because there's so much more information we can go into this, unfortunately, due to time restraints we can't. But, um, yeah, particularly around performance management and KPIs and that sort of thing, there's a whole bunch of information we can offer you. So do reach out if you have any other questions. Um, otherwise, if you do have other ideas, tr- tips, tricks, topics that you want us to discuss, please uh, shoot us an email in the contact details below. Otherwise, we'll be back uh, next week for another episode. And uh, thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.